Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the five minute. Actually, you know what? I'm going to call this the 7.1 second major because that's the amount of time <laughs> oh, God. that the that the Wild didn't uh, somehow figure out a way to manage at the end of the Senators game tonight. So, welcome to the 7.1 second major uh, for the 16th of March, the day before St. Patrick's Day uh, tournament. I believe the NCAA bouncy ball tournament kicked off tonight. I think um, uh, that's about all the brain cells I have to dedicate to the NCAA Bouncy Ball Tournament. Uh, with me, it is Nick in New York, and with me tonight are two of my three cohorts. Uh, Mason being occupied with 13-sided die are not, is not here, but never fear because I have doubles and I have Mike Berg. Doubles, uh, what was – you said you were working your way through some, through some dessert. What, what's the deal there? Uh, yeah, a little uh, chocolate chip cookie dough uh, ice cream. I'm in uh... – off-season uh, training mode here uh, as uh, as my referee season winds down. But, you get your fat uh, pants on? I do, I do. I, on a side note, if you were within arm's reach, I would punch you in the balls after that intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what, so when the season is over, do you have to put away the, the sunglasses? You're talking about double, right? I don't know why you'd say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he gets to, he gets if you to want, have, I can talk about Matt Cook instead. He gets to have the German Shepherd walk around with him actually wherever he goes as opposed to just <laughs> stopping at the rink. I see. Mason's on assignment and not here to piss me off, so uh, you're going <laughs> to take up that flag. Good work tonight, Bergie. <laughs> that is Mike Berg. And, uh, Mike, uh, what did you have for, for dessert tonight as long as I'm breaking doubles balls? Uh, I think I just had a chocolate chip M M&M and M cookie. Beautiful, from, homemade or? Yeah. Oh God, no! From I, I saved it from work because I'm a cheap oh. bastard like that. Nice, nice. You stuck it. You snuck in. You snuck in after the thing to the break room. You grabbed one and ran, and then you put it in your briefcase and took it home. As any smart employee does. Yes, of course. All right. All right. Good for you. Uh, so, uh, as the lead-in indicated, we're trying hard to reconcile the generally negative feelings we have. We were actually called out by a loyal reader on Wild Extra this afternoon for being too negative. So, I mean, Doubles, you put it really well before we came on here that, that you, you just everything looks half glass half empty right now. So the question I want to put to you is, you know, sort of uh, after you describe how glass half empty you are, Let's talk about whether or not we're justified in feeling negative about this team right now. Because after all, they are within a, you know, they're technically still in a playoff position right now, and we're getting down towards the end of the season. So, Doubles, what, what do you got here? Uh, yeah, I think it was a very fair point brought up by our uh, loyal Wild Extra contributor on the message board, uh, Thoracics, I believe you would pronounce that. 
Um, I think it's a fair point, and it kind of gave me pause to step back for a second. And um, I kind of looked back while I was watching the game against Ottawa last night, and I kind of came to the realization as the uh, once they got into the final minute and uh, Hamburglar or whoever the hell was in goal for Ottawa these days uh, was off for the sixth attacker last night. Um, kind of occurred to me that hey, if the if the Wild are able to hang on here, they'll have won six of their last eight games. That's pretty good. And I just. Again, with Thoracic's post uh, on the forum this afternoon, it just kind of made me step back, and I just I can't get past. I'm having a hard time getting past the bad losses and the bad, you know, loss of opportunity to gain points like last night. I mean, you know, yeah, they lost the game, but they still got a point out of it. It's just, and especially last night, you know, sometimes you can eke out a overtime loss or a shootout loss. And sometimes you feel positive about that and it feels like, you know, it, it almost feels like a win. Last night, that one point definitely felt like a pretty big loss and a pretty big loss of opportunity. So just, just bad efforts like we saw at home against St. Louis and then just a bad loss at home against Edmonton, for me, it's just really overshadowed uh, a lot of the good stuff that they are actually doing. Yeah, I mean... There was a real kick at the balls. <laughs> or the ball. Uh, let's not be presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> Bergie, wh- where are you on the indifference curve right now? Oh, God. I I, I care about the team, and, and I want to see them winning, and winning. It's just, this team, they're just so fucking frustrating to watch right now because... You know, they win and they look like a good team and they show that they can beat teams and then they shit the bed. You know, they did that against Edmonton. I mean, Edmonton's a team they should have kicked to the curb in the first 10 minutes of the game and they just let Edmonton do whatever the fuck Edmonton wanted to do. They went to Montreal and, yeah, they won, but Montreal's another team. They should have just run roughshod over the the Canadiens. They should have done the same thing to the Senators, and they're not. I mean, it's it's the old classic Viking strategy where they play up against the bad team, good teams and play down against the bad teams. I mean, you you can't beat the JV team, but then you go and you beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. I mean, it's 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 so incredibly frustrating to to watch this team play, and you want to be invested because you know you know what they can do but then they just don't do it. And is it that they don't care? Is it that they have no balls? I don't know. It's, it's just, it grinds my gears. Did you say Viking or Viking strategy? Vikings, you know, the, you know, the, 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 the weird shaped football team. The, the shitty Minnesota football team. Um, the original yeah, Minnesota chokers. I was waiting for you to talk, talk about the Peloton and making a move in the fucking Pyrenees or whatever. <laughs> and I was disappointed, dramatically disappointed. Um, so wait, so, okay, so you guys are, and I agree, you guys are both saying, look, this team hasn't really done much to inspire a whole lot of Pollyanna from anybody. Um, so let's call it, the, you know, like we see it. And, you know, I, I think 
you know, Mike, you touched on this earlier, so, you know, I want to circle back on this, but, you know, coming into the season, everybody from inside the team and out was talking about this is the year that they have to take the next step, and they haven't taken the next step uh, in the regular season, certainly, and I I don't think that they're that they've demonstrated that they're poised to take the next step in the playoffs. Mike, what do you think about that? Nope, 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 nope. They're not. They're this. I, I have not seen anything from this team that has inspired me to believe that they are going to go anywhere except a first round date with the Blackhawks, who are going to. Um, well, what, what's a good way of putting it? Um, Garden weasel. Use them like. Yeah, they're going. They're yeah. They're they're going to go after him like like a garden weasel. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> or, or Dallas. I mean, you know, I just doubles. Is what is there a glimmer of hope here? For, I mean, like again, you know, against reasonable expectations. Is there any metric by which you would call this season a success so far? Uh, no, I just it just feels like to me like inconsistency is just the the rule of the day. Um, you know, last night for example, I mean Doobie's been you know Doobie's had his ups and downs, but um, you know with the maybe the possible exception of the St. Louis game, um, he he's been decent as of late. But then last night, you know, he lets in a you know, uh, essentially a 50-foot wrist shot. And uh, and I don't think he was really tested very much last night. And then the guy who I think we can all pretty safely say has been their most effective forward this year, Charlie Coyle, yeah. has just an absolute, you know, he has an absolute disaster of a shift in overtime. I mean, he was yeah. uh, for all the way from his turnover down uh, – you know, he turned the puck over high in the zone, high in the offensive zone that sent, you know, Eric Carlson, one of the last guys you want, leading a three-on-two down the ice. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so it just – there's not a lot that you can really count on right now, it seems like. Um, you know, it's just – it's almost like whack-a-mole. It's like you're just waiting for the next breakdown to pop up. <laughs> and, again, last night – Again, Coyle's probably the last guy that we should be bagging on, but his last shift was a hot mess. Um, After the turnover, they get down into their defensive zone. And remember, it was still four-on-four at that point because they hadn't gone back to three-on-three with the expiration of Koibu's penalty yet. But Koibu, or uh, pardon me, uh, Coyle, it was like he tried to cover everybody. Yeah after they got back in the defensive zone and effectively covered nobody. Right. So yeah. and just, and how much just this inconsistency is just driving me nuts. So Mike. Well, and, and, you know, I, I think it's a fair question here. You, you, you said something. Don't, um, that Coyle was trying to cover everybody and he ended up covering nobody. I mean, you know, Maybe I'm overthinking this, which is certainly possible, but at what point do we need to be concerned about Coyle potentially overthinking it, the game himself and trying to do too much? 
Well, I think that was I think that's been the knock on him all along as the the between the ears thing with him but in his case more of a from a standpoint of being so hard on himself and being his own worst critic that it was yeah. to his de- to his detriment. Yeah, I mean that that's his thing. I I'm, I'm talking about something a, a little different where, you know, maybe maybe now he he's feeling a certain level of confidence so now he's trying to do too much on out of the ice. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I got to say, I, I haven't seen that uh, that I recall in other instances no, I, really beyond last yeah, time. I, I, no, I, I haven't seen it either. I, I'm, I'm just spitballing at this point. Yeah. I don't know. Because obviously I, I, we have no fucking clue what this team is doing, and I don't know that they do either. So. I mean, like I said last week, I, I, I'm going to be so bummed when they a make the playoffs and but you know not the bum that they made it, but then b you know when they lose to Dallas in the first round or Chicago in the second round, you know I mean that that that's a failure this year of a you know that's that's a non-successful season, given that the expectation was that they would improve on their finish from last season and the season yeah. before, you know so. In any in any instance, I think a an unsuccessful season is cause to be frustrated, and um, and so that's I think that's it's fair to be that way, and and maybe that's just trying to you know establish my own confirmation bias, but uh, I don't know. The, the the team is not right, and there's there are definitely problems, not least of which is if it takes you a couple years to rejigger the team because you're so fucked in the ass in terms of contracts, then you rejigger the team in time for, oh, Parisian Sudor are 33, 34 years old, and Koivu is 35, 36 years old, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, they're, they're, that's generally speaking past the best use date by, for most players. Mm-hmm. So, so they don't have a lot of time to get this right, and they're going to need time if you wanted them to really strip down the roster because we're so screwed on contracts as it is. So it's, it portends a very ugly several years. And boy, oh boy, man, at, at the end of several years, you're starting over. You know, even though you've got Prezi and Cedar under contract forever, you're, you know, I mean, your veterans are gone at that point with those, with the exception of those two. Who, so, you know, if, if I, I'm telling you, if we're still having the same conversation in three fucking years, I'm going to be super pissed. Well, and it's, it's, it, it goes back to the old window... It, the window is open. This is this is their window, and the window is starting to close. Mm-hmm. They they need to figure this shit out now. Mm-hmm. That's that's well said. All right. Um. Before uh, before somebody is uh, you know, motivated to commit Harry Carey here, listen to this. Let's switch this up just a little bit. Um. <laughs> those who had an issue with Yo. Uh, claimed, and you know, this isn't this is this is more than just speculation, but claimed that he had a different set of uh, parameters for veterans than he did for the Utes, and um, and essentially what that means is that he you know he gave the veterans way too much rope over and over again uh, leash, but then but then was very quick to come down hard on the youths. Uh, so with Torch giving uh, Zucker a two-game trip to the press box now, uh, <clears throat> and players such as 26 and a couple other guys on the veteran side not uh, g- getting their trip to the press box, is that 
an, you know, a demonstration of torch sort of repeating the same thing, the sort of extra extra rope for the vets and not very much rope at all for the youths, or or is this somehow different than when it if Yo had done it in you know in November? Uh, Dubs, what do you think? From the periphery, it kind of. I mean, I don't know really what the difference is, but uh, I don't know. We're kind of back to the same spot with Zucker that we've been in. You know, we've been down this road before. You know, Mm -hmm. he's got a wonky knee or he breaks a collarbone or, you know, now he got a, you know, he got cocky in the stadium series game, which isn't too downplay brain injuries, but I mean, at some point you got to stay healthy and what is he sitting on? Two goals in the last 21 games or one in the last 21 or something, something like that. Something terrible. Yeah. And regardless, regardless of what the issue is and a guy like Zucker, you know, he, he brings speed and he brings the threat of a shot and a scoring threat. And if he's not doing those things, then what is he doing that isn't replaceable by, you know, 14 other guys in the organization? Yeah. Uh, Mike, I would say that he does have, Zicker does have elite speed, uh, on, certainly on this roster. Um, should that be, and, and, you know, he will shoot, will and can shoot from anywhere, you know, should that be enough? I mean, this team has struggles to score, struggles sometimes to get through the, uh, through the neutral zone with speed and possession. Those are things that he tends to do very well. Um, you, know, you know, given the team's overall challenges and deficiencies, um, it would seem that his his primary and best attributes, maybe his only and best attributes, uh, are things that could help in those departments. You know, are we is this is this this you know are we at a at a time in the game and in the NHL game where players can get by being one dimensional? Or not? No, and and I think we've seen that. Where um, I want to say it was with um, some other uh, young players recently. I want maybe it was Mike Riley, where the team said, "Well, we don't want to bring him up unless he can also play on on the power play." You know, he their players need to have something they can bring to the to the to the team, whether it's playing you know, a role on special teams or doing something like you said that nobody else can do. Um, you know, even guys who are known for one thing are capable of other things, you know, allegedly from time to time, Alex Ovechkin will back check. Um, you know, Jonathan Taves is a very good two way center, but the dude can score and he can also set players up. Um, you know, Patrick Kane is not, just a one-dimensional player. So, you know, you absolutely need to bring more than just one thing because if being fast is the only thing you're good at, well, guess what? Eric Halla is probably almost as fast as Jason Zucker. Jordan Schrader is also a very fast skater on this team. Um, you know, you, you can't just do one thing. You know, Schrader can... You know, if, if, if all you're going to do is bring speed and penalty killing, well, guess what? I, I, I can think of another, you know, two of the guys off the top of my head that can bring speed and can play pen- and can kill penalties. 
Um, you know, Chris Porter's not really known for his speed, but, you know, that is one thing that they talk about him being capable of doing. He's fast and he can kill penalties. So, you know, Jason Booker, if, if he wants to, if, if he wants to be a part of this team, he, he needs to be able to do more than one thing, like you said. Um, we see, we'll see Zucker tomorrow. It looks like, uh, according to Russo, uh, it seems like you know he was on a line or whatever in practice. So uh, it, it looks like Zucker will be back in. Um, so we'll, we'll see. And you know, the, the thing about it though is if you know against this Devils team, which especially without Schneider um, is going to be even more fucking boring than they normally would be, uh, and more defensively you know um, conscious than they normally would be. Um, it's going to be tough for him to use that speed if they've got five guys across in the neutral zone for him to have to get through. Uh, and so that, I would think, would put a premium back on, or the focus back on the extent to which he puts a premium on the other side of the game, the defensive side of the game. So um, it'll be an, it's, it should be an interesting game for him to get back in against. I'm sure he'll be motivated. Dubs, in your, in your um, experience, certainly as an official, I mean, can you tell when guys are dogging it defensively? I mean, you know, in the more competitive games you ref, for example, it's not, you know, maybe not the beer league games, but, you know, is that a dynamic that, or or an effect on the game that is clear to a non, you know, non-player when you're on the ice? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can, it's it's so much easier when you're out there, but it's just so much more apparent. Uh, you know, if a guy has no interest in one end of the ice, um, it really doesn't take long for that to be to become pretty pretty apparent. Uh, you know, once you're out there and you're able to get into the flow of the game. And you know, during intermissions or after games, will you guys talk about it? Like, did you see 17 on the white team? I mean, the guy the guy won't even come back in his own. I mean, do you, is that something you'll even you'll just you'll talk about? Yeah, for sure, but I'd also put it this way. Anything you could possibly fathom that the officials may be discussing about the game, they they have and they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um all right, boys. I mean, you know, this is a very somber 7.1 second major. Um but God damn it. <laughs> but you know, I mean this is the this is the hand this team has dealt us, and you know we've said it so many times this year. But until this team matches my dedication to the team, you know, or or, or reciprocates with you know effort, um, I'm, I don't want a lot. I just you know I just want effort, uh, you know, and caring and give a fucks and all that other kind of stuff. Then then I'm sorry, but I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and just cheerlead uh, a team that that isn't isn't matching my level of commitment to them. So. Uh, that's where we are. Um, again, this is the uh, this is the uh, overdose episode of the five. The, sorry, the seven point one minute ma- second major. Um, let's go to some final thoughts here. Mike Berg, what do you got for us? The fact that the Montreal game was Michael Grand Mikhail Grandlin's first multi-goal game in his entire fucking career uh, <laughs> really chaps my ass. Um, you know, he he's a guy who he was supposed to be a number one center in this, in, in the NHL. He is a pass first playmaker um, who needs to learn that it's okay to shoot the puck. Um, you know, I, 
guy's got so much potential. He can do so much, and uh, it's it's taken him four fucking years to have to, to score ten goals in the NHL. It's taken him four fucking years to have a two goal game in the NHL. Um, you know, is he worth three million dollars a year? I don't know. Maybe, but holy fuck, that kid's got to he's got to do something to get my loins tingling. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. And you know what? That's as much as indictment and indictment of the job that they did scouting him, and then and then you know sort of setting expectations on uh, around him as it is on him. I mean, he is you know I mean he's himself. He's you know every season, every off season, I got to work on shooting. I got to work on shooting. I'm gonna me and Timo are gonna spend all fucking summer together working on shooting and eating chipper snacks or whatever you know um, they do. And uh, Okay, and then you know his agents like, yeah, he he had a great summer. He, and then Tamo was like, oh, he had a great summer. He he's a whole different player, and he's so committed to the process and to getting better at the stuff he has to get better at. And then every fucking season he comes back and he's the same goddamn player. So either there's some time warp that he goes through when he leaves the the board, it goes crosses over the border of goddamn Finland out to you know moving outside of the country that you know takes away all the good stuff he did over the summer, um, or something because it's not translating and he's he's is he worth not to me he's not nothing about three million dollars for him tingles my loins whatsoever he is what he is at this point mm-hmm. and, right. and you know career high in gold this year yassi that's awesome but guess what <laughs> third year in a row that his three years ago his points per game was 0.65 points per game Last year is 0.57. This year is 0.53. Guess what? That's a downward trend. Yeah. Career, game, high, yeah. career high goals, 10. What is, how many games has Dumbo been sitting on 10? Five or six now? Yeah. Um, Bergie, how's, uh, how's Granny's advanced stats? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Dubs, what do you got? Uh, I got two things. One, and actually, I nobody's gonna nobody's gonna stifle me or keep me down here for uh, final thoughts, Mason. So suck it. Um, <laughs> the first final thought is kind of low hanging fruit from last night, but uh, Jared Spurgeon, I don't know what he blocked seven or eight uh, slappers mm-hmm. on that one uh, penalty kill shift. Um, just unbelievable, and that's. That is kind of the the essence of hockey right there, and hockey players love that. Um, so just want to give a stick tap to Spurge, and uh, it's really that was the first thing I thought of when that uh, stupid tying goal went in with 7.1 seconds left. Was God, uh, Spurgeon's just got to be bitter right now. Oh yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. that's the only final thought I have, um, Nick. I do want to throw it to you for uh, a promo, if you would, uh, for the Russo Peluso um, after your final thought, if uh, if you don't mind. Outstanding. Yeah, so my final thought is a scheduled final thought. Uh, Wild completes its three-game roadie tomorrow night in scenic Newark, New Jersey. Uh, rustic, scenic. Uh, we had fewer, they had fewer murders last year, I believe is their tourism <laughs> slogan. Um <laughs> against the Devils, and then they return home for one, a brief a brief matinee game on Saturday against Carolina, another should-win game, because 
it's Carolina, but then also because they turn around and play at Chicago Sunday night. So uh, the points, the two, they're going to need the two against Carolina because, uh, as we know, well, the Wild tends to play the, the Blackhawks tough in the regular season, whether it's at home or in Chicago. Uh, but, you know, second of a back-to-back, that's, you know, third and four, that's going to be rough going into Chicago. Chicago Sounds been, like you're giving them an excuse, Nick. I am. I am. They're all about excuses, and they'll take it. They will, they will take it and run. Uh, Chicago has been in a bit of a, a mini slump lately, so um, I'm sure they'd like nothing better than have a get-well game against the fucking Wild. Um, then two at home, then one on the road, and then um, leading to doubles, uh, T up there. We get two at home to end the month, Chicago, and then uh, actually Ottawa, uh, both games that uh, yours truly I will be at. And in between then, on the 30th of March at 6 p.m. at Tom Reed's Hockey City Pub, it will be the... Russo Peluso uh, episode of the Russo Suhan podcast, where several of Russo's uh, Twitter parody account uh, losers like me uh, will be uh, participating, and uh, it's basically going to be a big old up with Russo fest. Uh, we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna talk about the man, the myth, the legend, uh, how, how, how awesome he is it's going to be a lot of fun and uh we hope you all come down there's going to be some drink specials at reed's uh, uh mr suhan will be there uh to MC and uh to try and keep the 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 rickety train on the rickety tracks but it's going to be a lot of fun again 6 p.m at tom reed talking city pub on the 30th of march uh russo peluso episode of the russo suhan podcast and uh it'll be it'll be a blast so hope to see you all down there and i'm, I'm sure we'll talk to you before then as well to remind you but for now, uh, for the uh, for Jared Mason in absentia, for doubles for Jared Mason, I just said Jared Mason for doubles and Mike Berg. This is Nick in New York. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the five. Excuse me, the seven point one second major, and we'll be back with you soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.